Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. When I was preaching in uh, Joburg, few weeks ago, a month or two ago, they, they told me, you're not allowed to go beyond this line. And there was like this, this marks, you know. You have to stay in this block because of the, the streaming and the cameras and everything. They had this big ring light thing here in my face. It was quite scary. But anyway, so it was great. Apparently it works. So praise the Lord for that. Hope you guys are all doing well. Before I forget, there's a, a gray Hyundai i10 beautiful car with lights on unfortunately so there is a lot of people that can help push but um thanks Bridget. <laughs> great stuff okay um my lights off i'm just kidding all right thanks rico um <coughs> yo we had a hope you all had a rest it's great to see everybody in the flesh we had a morning service as well and I was telling the guys, um, you know, obviously there's not a mother's room and stuff like that. It was at uh, Phil's house. And uh, so it was it was like family atmosphere. There were kids making a noise and there were babies. And I was telling the guys, yes, isn't this amazing? Because this is not, we can't have this when we like on Zoom or we online or we're watching the video at home. This is great. This is the family of God coming together. And it's a bit messy and it's a bit noisy. But I love it. So it's so great to see everybody. Welcome. And uh, what a blessing to be, to be able to meet face-to-face. And welcome to those meeting us with us online. Um, we hope to see you in the flesh again soon. Yeah, we've had an interesting time. We've had a bit of a rest, but we also had a bit of COVID. My wife and I, we... Um, shouldn't say this, we mustn't joke about these things, but we planned it quite well. We had it at the last 10 days of last year, just to kind of end off the year in a suitable fashion. And then uh, we organized it so that we could have it while we were both on leave. So, yeah, that was very handy. And no work. And um, (laughs) we had to stay at home, which was unfortunate. Uh, but anyways, th- praise the Lord. It was very light and uh, not serious at all. So we're very thankful for that. Um, hallelujah. Let's just get to the, the word a bit. Um, let's pray. So we do that. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, what a privilege it is, God, to have your word with us, that you, you gave us your word and that your word is alive. And Jesus, that you are the word made flesh. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. <clears throat> we thank you that you're with us. And we sub- submit to you, Lord. We submit to your order. We submit to your lordship. And we ask, Lord, that you as our teacher would come and lead us into your truth. That you would come and shape us and mold us and make us, transform us, Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord. And Truly, may your kingdom come in our midst this evening, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, let's pray. <laughs> let's read from Mark um, chapter 10, 
the prezi, the prezi guys caught me off guard. They changed everything. So I wanted to make a nice picture and everything, but they caught me so off guard that I haven't figured it out yet. So now it's very simple, but at least you can read it. All right, uh, from verse 46. Then they reached um, Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want to do? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Uh, so this is a well-known uh, account of one of Jesus' miracles, and uh, one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, as I was preparing, um, the Lord gave me a specific image that was kind of pertinent to this account. So I'm going to share a bit more detail about that later. But that's one of the ways God speaks to us. You know, Abby, our nine-year-old, she talks about she wants to know about that a lot how does it work because i pray and then i don't hear god's voice you know she, she wants an audible voice so i explain uh, this is more than once you know so it's not like she doesn't hear from god but she's obviously got such a hunger for that which is amazing but um anyways and i was explaining to the other that god speaks to me a lot through images and a lot through pictures in my head and in dreams and stuff like that so that's one of those w ways god speaks to us um, so I'm going to have a look. At, I'm going to have a look at a couple of things around this passage. Uh, firstly, um, the crowd and all these people around Jesus and Bartimaeus. I think one of the things that we see here that worked in Bartimaeus to his advantage was that he could hear very well. You might have heard this, but sometimes when people have, you know. Not, have not got one of the senses, then the other ones, the other senses are are extra sensitive. We have a friend who, from birth, can't smell. Interesting one. Um, has its benefits. Um, she has got of boys and stuff in the house, but sensitive. So that's quite interesting. Um, anyway, so this guy, obviously, he was blind, and uh, it doesn't say how long he'd been blind, but he was known as Blind Bottomaeus, and seems like he was like part of the scenery there so I'm assuming must have been for a while and um, but he could hear well and with these kind of hearing and paying attention what's going on he'd heard about Christ he'd heard about Jesus he'd probably heard stories and he'd probably you know been aware of this Jesus and to such an extent that by the time he hears that Jesus is coming past that this that is like literally kind of passed by. He not only just called out to him as Jesus, but he said, "Jesus, Son of David." And many scholars reckon that you know him having made that connection that this is someone from the lineage of David. Probably there's a good chance that he had that he was um, had 
acknowledged or recognized that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. So quite significant that he called on him as, as Jesus, son of David. And uh, so he, he'd heard, and now he starts to call out. And, uh, and he must have heard through people walking by that this is what was happening, right? Um, but and yet, and, uh, when he was starting to make a scene and making a noise, those were the same people that were telling him to be quiet, not to make a scene, you know, not to bother Jesus. Um, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just reminded of how often the f- when we come to Christ initially, we experience God through the eyes of somebody else. In this case, quite literally, because obviously he couldn't see. But, uh, nor, you know, even when we experience Jesus for the first time, most of the time, or often, it's through somebody else. Somebody's testimony, somebody's story, somebody encouraging you. I mean, I was, it was the same in my life. Um, people were testifying, saying stuff, and I was, what, what's this, and how does it work? And, um, but then there, was a, there comes a time that even after we've come to salvation, especially then, there comes a time when it's no longer good enough to experience God through somebody else. Amen. And we see this here that although he had heard about Jesus of Nazareth, now he had to meet with him face to face. Growing in Christ and, and uh, experiencing God through many different ways that, that he's inviting us to, to know him face to face. He's inviting us to, to not only know him through others' experiences and others' testimonies and um, so many good things around us, but he's inviting us to know him intimately. Now, I remember as a student in Stellenbosch, we, we had so many things going on at church. I must admit, at one point, my studies were struggling a little bit. My time management wasn't so great. But there was something every day, <laughs> every day happening at church. And I was just, you know, going to all of those things and really, you know, enjoying all the input and the fellowship and everything else. I remember that was one of the big shifts that had to happen when I, when I went overseas. And I wasn't in a church initially, and I didn't know anybody. There was a massive shift that had to happen because now there was no, I could no longer rely on input from all these events, okay, from all these amazing places and opportunities to receive the Word and receive so much. And I had to come to a point where I could pursue Christ intimately and, you know, feed off the Word uh, personally and receive from Him in a very personal way. And I just sense that that's an invitation that God is holding before us afresh today, that wherever you are in your relationship with Him, that to, to know that even though, yes, there is a crowd and there is a family around us, and there's many blessed things. There's many great YouTube sermons, and there's amazing podcasts, and there's great spiritual books. But all of those things, they shouldn't keep us from the presence of God. Amen. If if those things are are blessing us, but are taking our time to a point that we're not getting around to the presence of God, then I believe He's inviting you back there. Amen. So. So Bartimaeus is calling out, and they, they're telling him to stop, uh, but, but he's not listening to these people. I think this guy decided, this is it. This is my chance. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to go for it. You know, you know that Ronald Bonker said a very 
two things once. He said, dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. It's amazing. So that means he didn't care what anybody thought. He was just going to cry out to Jesus as loud as he could. They was like, Shh, you know, keep quiet. Um, but I reckon one of the reasons why he didn't stop is because he was aware of whom it was he was crying out to. He was aware that this is the Son of God, and I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to cry out until he hears me, until I can come into his presence. And um, how powerful is that, that if we have an understanding of who it is that we are drawing near to, I think all the blessed books and sermons we're going to you know, set aside a little bit because we want to connect with him. Amen. Okay, so uh, so he is crying out to him. He was drawing near to Christ in a more intimate way, and he's you know, going to see him face to face for the first time. And then secondly, um, I want to look at another thing that we see, an interesting thing that happens. Um, we see that, that as it says here, um, when Jesus calls him, he says, uh, come, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. You know, I can just imagine him jumping up and wanting to run to Jesus. And obviously, people were probably helping him, you know, find his way since he was blind. There was this uh, moment, the risk of distracting myself. At, we were on a mission in Malawi, and there was a, a word of knowledge for people, deaf people, to come. So the CIOs brought the word for deaf people to come forward to receive healing, but nobody came. Oh, so it was awkward. No, I'm just kidding. But the, the people brought the people that were deaf, because obviously they, and there were one or two that uh, were deaf in the one ear. Um, but the cool thing is every single one of them was healed. Um, anyways, hallelujah, let's not get distracted. Okay, so he, he throws his coat aside. Oh, yeah, so, um, so we see Bartimaeus, and now j just get this picture. So in those days, the, the the, um, say if you had a disability, you would get this specific coat to identify you as somebody that was allowed to beg. So, um, and in those days, specifically, your clothing and your, your robe would identify your role in the society. So the guys in authority would wear the specific robes. Obviously, the soldiers, very specific. But uh, beggars were identified by, the, okay, this is your, you can have, wear this kind of robe, then everybody knows you can beg. And, and uh, so that was pretty much his identity. Everybody knew him as Bartimaeus, the beggar. And this robe kind of identified him as that. And not only that, for him specifically, that robe meant a, a few different things. It, uh, it was also something, you know, apparently they kind of spread out the, the end of the robe as they were sitting to beg. They spread it out in front of them and, you know, so that people could throw coins onto the robe so they could easily gather the coins. Um, so for him, it was kind of a, a source of income. Uh, it was uh, not only a physical covering, which it was also at w you know, kind of a thing that protected him to some extent, but it must have been sort of a comfort zone as well. This is all he knew. This was, this was him, his identity, his role in society. 
And there's this powerful, powerful moment where he calls out to Jesus as loud as he possibly could. And Jesus tells him to come. And he jumps up and he leaves that behind him. He throws off that cloak. He throws off that identity of a beggar. He throws off that thing that identified him as the blind man. He leaves it behind. He throws off that comfort zone. He leaves behind this source of income. Isn't that hectic? And such a powerful image of, of him leaving all of that behind and coming to Christ with an expectation that everything's going to be different now. And that's exactly what happens when we choose to follow Jesus. As we are, Christ invites us to leave all that stuff behind. Everything we find our security in, everything we put our trust in, everything that, that we, you know, everything that we find um, peace and comfort in that is not in Christ, he, he says, he invites us to leave that behind. I want to actually read from Zechariah where this is explained a little bit. Um, throw off that old identity. And anyway, let's, let's read this first. Uh, Zechariah 3, verses 1 to 5. Some translations talk about, talk about Joshua, the high priest. I see the new living, says Joshua. And anyway, we'll read from there, from verse 1. Then the angel showed me Jeshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand making accusations against Jeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem, uh, who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua said, See, I have taken away your sins. Now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, They should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. So we see this beautiful picture of what happens when we submit our lives to Christ. As Jesus says, Take away his sin. Take away the filth of their past take away every curse and everything that was upon him. Let's, and what he does, he takes those filthy rags from us and in their place, he puts, he gives us his royal robe. He gives us a robe that identifies us as the sons and daughters of the king. The royal robe that in the, in the spiritual realm, everybody knows that this is a child of the living God. Isn't that amazing? Um, and there's a new identity that comes with that. There's a new authority that comes with this robe, with this new identity. Um, scripture says that the old has gone. Behold, he's, he's made everything new. He takes away the old. He takes away the filth. He takes away the past. He takes away our sin and our shame. And nude slate. He gives us a new identity. Our spirit is renewed instantly. But there's a challenge here. 
because the spirit is new. Our spirits are new, but our, our soul and body are not new. There's still the old soul and body. And that's often where the challenge comes in. We've, we've spoken about this before. But I, I just feel that there's a um, dynamic here that God wants us to see. That, you know, um, some of you may have experienced this. Uh, when, I got, when, I, when we were married 14 years ago, sure, eh? Praise the Lord. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> what a journey. But uh, um, some of you might relate to this. There were some clothes I owned at that point, which I was really fond of, you know, some like towels and linen and stuff that I'd had for years, but, you know, stuff that you really get attached to. And some of these just mysteriously disappeared in those first couple of weeks. Of, and it must have been us moving up from the Cape and stuff, but... It's just I never saw them again. And uh, some of them were less mysterious. And I just blatantly told me, listen, you can never, ever wear this again. And I said, but what about when I do like, yeah, why in gardening? No, not even in the garden. This is not, the, you know, so I was like shocked. In any case, but uh, I think actually she told me I can't wear this jacket again before it's been dry cleaned. So apologies. Apologies for that. But um, that there's something about uh, old clothes. Sometimes we, we're so fond of them because they're so comfortable, right? But then we, we don't realize that they're falling apart. And sometimes you need somebody else to tell you, listen, buddy, there's like holes. There's holes in this shirt. This, this is a holy shirt now. You have to, you have to make a plan, you know? And, uh, and often... <laughs> When we come to Christ, there's the part of us that, that's still comfortable with the old stuff, the things of the past. There's a, our flesh and our soul. It's still, there's a part of us that, that's, that is familiar with the things of the past. And there's such a Im crucial time in our lives. And actually, that, well, it, it carries on. You know, the, the Bible speaks about us working out our salvation. I remember, you may relate to this, but I remember when I was born again, there were some things that changed in an instant. There were some things in my life that were immediately very, very different. I was, amen. One of those things was peace. I was constantly in some sort of anxiety about being able to perform. And that the Lord delivered me of. And I had peace for the first time in my life. Anyway, that's one of those things. But then there were other things that they were not changed instantly. Unfortunately, there are still some things that are being sanctified in my life. I mean, we talk about working out our salvation. We're talking about the process of sanctification. And um, so the, what the enemy does is he, he tries to convince us that some of those things of the past are still part of who we are. And he tries to convince us that, yes, but you're com that's comfortable, that's good, that's, that's, you know, that's what you're used to, that's all because it's part of who you are. And there's a danger there that we believe him and uh, that we actually not fully embrace the new identity that we have in Christ. And I've often found this happens not only when we stand before temptation, because that's when it happens often, 
But sometimes when we stand in front of a new challenge or a new opportunity, there's, the, there's a question that comes in we s- that, that actually questions our identity as children of God. We see this be- in Jesus' life just before he goes into his ministry part of his life. He goes, he receives, the, the, you know, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Um, you know, he gets baptized, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and he goes into the wilderness, and the enemy literally comes to him and tests him, says, are you, if you are the Son of God. So often when you're in that moment of a, of a challenge or, a, of, or an obstacle or an opportunity, the enemy would come and, and basically ask that question. But I don't know. I don't know if this, this is not really for you or, nah. You know, just kind of questioning that exact, that core of our who we are in Christ. And, um, and I believe that there's such a there's, a, there's an invitation for us to pursue that intimate place with Christ to such a point where when that pressure moment comes, that we are able to answer like Jesus did, just bat the enemy. Um, that we are able to stand strong in our, in our identity as children of God. Amen. The picture that the Lord gave me is of, of some of us that, that before we are in Christ, and maybe um, somebody out there can relate to this, but it's as if we, and I, I can relate to this in terms of where I was at before coming to Jesus. All of that trying so hard was like I was trying to be accepted. I was trying to, in my own strength, to be accepted by God. I was, and that's like I was, I was just scrubbing this robe. It was filthy and full of, you know, sin and death and shame and guilt. And I was trying to scrub this so hard, <laughs> trying to bring myself to a place where I could be, I would be accepted by God. Trying so hard and not, not getting anywhere. And I just believe God is throwing out that invitation to people out there that if you're at a place where you're trying so hard to please God, that you're doing it in your own strength, that he's saying, my son, my daughter, I have given my son, Jesus Christ, in your place. And he has paid that price so that we can take off that old robe, that we can take off those filthy rags without you having to do anything, without you deserving anything, and give you a new robe. Amen? Give you a clean slate. The other day, actually, uh, I was wrestling with the Lord about something. You know, sometimes it happens when when there's a pressure situation or um, and something pops up. And this, I can't actually remember exactly what happened, but I just remember I, my response was so that I, afterwards I thought, sure, that, that's, not, that's not blessed. That's not good. <laughs> Where does this come from? <laughs> and I just brought it to God, and um, I had to repent, obviously. And uh, I remember, and I felt the Lord saying to me, this is not a behavior issue. This is an identity thing. You must rest. You must, there's something here that you need to click about who you are, and uh, yeah, I just want to encourage us that when those things come up, when you when when something um, 
pops up and you realize, wow, this is not of God, then bring it to Him. And when the Holy Spirit convicts us that this is something that it's nothing to do with a habit or a change of behavior only, but also to do with our understanding of who we are in Him. I want to encourage you, be open to the Holy Spirit to minister to us in that way. Amen. Yeah, the process continues. Amen. I had a friend that um, always said, if you really want to, you know, grow, in, you need to get married. And then he said, but if you really want to become like Jesus, you must have children as well. You know? So, yeah, there you go, guys. That's the plan. Um, at the moment, I, I have a dog that I have to take out in the night to go and go to the bathroom. I thought this is at the end of that stuff, you know, doing nappies in the night. But now I have a dog that, that can't go to the bathroom on her own. Shame. Hallelujah. <laughs> Any case, so it's a process of working out our salvation. Um, yeah, another image that I had was, I remember when we were living in England, um, the, the culture there is specifically in the wet times of the year, which is pretty much 50 weeks of the year. Um, then if you would come to somebody's door, there would be like a place where you can put your shoes and uh, your coats. And uh, we were joking with friends the other day, their little boy of two, he loves walking around with adults' shoes. So we were saying in England he would have a field day because there's just all these shoes there in the front, at the front door, you know. And, uh, you know, even at a theater, you would, you would come in from the cold and the theater would be heated properly and then it would be this, you know, cloakroom and you'd check in your coat there and get a little ticket. And uh, so when we come into the, the kingdom, there's also one of those, right? Where we put our old cloak there, our old coat. But the good news is we don't have to take it back afterwards. We receive a brand new one. And then so you can leave your coat at the door when we enter the kingdom and we receive the new royal robe, we don't ever have to go back to the old one. People actually do that sometimes. Eh? They try to switch tickets, take an old cloak, and they try and get a new one there at the theater. Anyway, guys, in the kingdom, you, everybody gets a new one. Eh? Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, I want to end off with Luke chapter 15. Um is from the ESV. I'm not going to read the whole story, but this is where the prodigal son comes home. He's come to his senses. He's realized that he's sinned against his father. He's ended up amongst the pigs, and he comes home, and he's in, a, he's in the worst place possible. He's filthy, and he stinks probably, and he's... Um, He's willing. He wants to just be a slave in his dad's house. He just wants to be a slave. He, realize, oh, he, he realizes he can't, he can't um, be a son anymore um, because of what he's done. So let's read from verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And then his dad did something that Jewish people don't do, especially at that time and at that culture, and that a man of that age, that was not done. Right? He says here, he felt compassion, and he ran and embraced him and kissed him. He ran to his son. 
And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And again we see this picture of the son, filthy in his sin and shame, filthy in, in a physical way as well, running, coming back to his father, not expecting to be even allowed in the house, not expecting to anything, just wanting to be a slave. But his father runs to meet him, and he embraces him. And, he's, and he basically, he, what he does here is so powerful. I don't have time to go into all the details, but briefly see, he gives him the best robe. In other words, the robe that was just like his own. The robe that was like the father's robe. And then he gives him, in other words, he restores that identity that this is my son. He's the heir in this house. He's my son. He's the co-heir. He's the, he's the part of this household. And he, he gives him a ring which... Which, which restores a place of authority where he could, he could wield authority on behalf of his dad. He could transact on behalf of his dad. He gives him not only identity again, he gives him authority. And then he puts shoes on his feet, which signify the, the, the legacy, the, what lies ahead, the journey that lies ahead of him. Uh, the destiny, uh, sorry, legacy, the destiny that that he had prepared, that lies before him. And then the fattened calf, the best calf, in other words, the, for the biggest celebration. And this is exactly what happens when we come to the Father. He, he's waiting. Um, and if you're in that place, you're wrestling about your identity in Christ, maybe you are in a place where you're not even sure that you have a relationship with Him. Know that the Father is, is waiting. And He's waiting to see you come. And He's waiting to meet you and to embrace you and to take off the past, to throw aside the thing of the past to, and to renew and to restore, to bring new life. To renew identity, to you know, to give you authority in the spirit, and to affirm destiny over your life. I want us to pray a bit through this. So, won't you stand with me this evening, please? Um, amen. So I believe there's a there's a grace this evening that that even if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, but there's some things of the past that that still come to bug you. I believe there's a grace to throw off that stuff, to remind the devil. You know, when the devil reminds us of our past, you just remind him of his future. Amen. But um, doing it for many years, and he knows exactly the buttons to push. He knows our weakness. But when he comes, I, I believe there's a grace this evening to, to be 
to strengthen us with boldness to really resist the enemy, to throw off the old stuff, not to allow those lies to to pull us off track. Um, um, and I believe there's somebody here that that has been crying out to God. Maybe it's about a specific thing. Uh, maybe somebody listening online, but I believe God is saying to you that He hears you above the crowd, above all the noise, above all the chaos. He's heard you. And even if you've not received the answer yet, even if you've not got a provision yet, I just, want, I just feel the Lord wants to, whoever it is, the Lord wants to affirm you, saying he's, He hears you even above the crowd. And I also feel there's somebody here that's um, been wrestling this with questions. Um, I believe there are somebody that's kind of growing in Christ, growing in your faith, but there's still many questions. There might even be some doubts. There's stuff you kind of wrestling with about God and about just following Him. And I just believe the Lord wants to say that He really at all sees your heart and He's so excited about you. And He's not at all impatient. And he's, he says, I just sense that God is saying, he's, we'll get to all the answers. But right now, he's just encouraging you to, to trust him and to trust his process. And that he will not leave you. Amen. He will not forsake you. Um, yeah, and then I feel like I mentioned earlier, I believe there's a few here, maybe one or you know, more than one person, uh, maybe listening, that standing before a new challenge or a new opportunity and that the enemy may have already, but or will question, kind of throw that questions or those doubts at you about your identity, um, about whether God really has good things in store, whether you, whether this is really of God, whether this is something that you are able to walk in, some something that you are able to handle. Um, and I really believe that that God wants to speak. The Father wants to speak a word of affirmation over your identity in Him. And uh, yeah, if that's you, I'd really like to pray with you in a moment. But let's close our eyes. Um, let's come before the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We're so thankful for your word today, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you that your word is life to all who hear it. Thank you that your word is strength to our flesh, your health to our flesh, strength to our bones, Lord. It even has a physical effect. And we just yield to your word this evening, Lord. Yeah, Lord, and firstly, Lord, we, we thank you that you have opened this new and living way for us through the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that Tonight there is an invitation for whosoever believes, whosoever believes to, to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. Thank you that you gave your only son in our place to pay the price for our sin and our shame, for our sickness that took every curse upon himself, that took all of that that we were supposed to carry, the curse of sin and death, he took it upon himself and he bore it on the cross. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you overcame death, that you rose from the dead, that you won the victory for us, Lord, for all of humanity. And thank you that you've opened the way that we may have a relationship with the Father, that we may have eternal life, God. We're so thankful. If you, as every eyes closed, if you're at home listening, let's just take a moment to be quiet before Him. I believe that the, that the Lord is extending an invitation to you. If you feel far from God today, if you, if you know right now that you're not right in your relationship with Him, or if you have never been right, you've never had a relationship with Him, there's an invitation this evening to draw near to Him. There's an invitation to bow the knee before Jesus, to repent of your sin, and to receive His forgiveness through the blood of Jesus, to turn away from your sin, to, to give over control of your life, and to follow Him as Lord and as Savior. And if that's your desire this evening, as eyes are closed, it would be my privilege to pray with you this evening. Um, is there anybody like that? If you just want to raise your hand briefly, I'd love to pray with you. Thanks so much. There's a few people that raised their hands. So I want us to just, just where we're standing, I want us to pray together just to respond to this invitation. And I'd like us to all to just pray together. Um, and then we'll pray with each one just a bit later. Why don't you just pray after me, please? Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you for your son that was given in my place. I acknowledge this evening that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I've tried to scrub this robe and I've tried to be accepted on my own strength but I cannot, cannot do it, Lord. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God has raised Him from the dead and that He's my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I am your little child, that I hear your voice, that I can have an assurance of salvation. That from this moment, Lord, I choose to, to follow you, God. Give me strength, Lord. Thank you for the power of your Spirit. And I may walk in obedience. Follow you, Lord, all the days of my life. And thank you, God, that you never leave me nor forsake me. And you are faithful, Lord, to finish the good work that you have started in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just give God praise. Lord, you're so faithful. Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord. Thank you for life, God. 
Thank you, Lord, for new robes. Thank you, Lord, for new identity in you, God. Thank you, Lord, that the old is gone. Thank you for a clean slate, Lord. In Jesus' name, we're so thankful, God. Yeah, in a moment, we're just going to pray specifically if what I've been mentioning earlier, um, if, uh, if you've been wrestling with God and, and you've been struggling to hear His voice, I'd like to pray with you and that you come to the front. And if any of the other words if, uh, that relate to you and you want to just pray with somebody, if, you, um, if you're in a place of kind of wrestling through questions and you have some doubts, etc., I'd love to pray with you. Um, or if you're standing before the challenges and the enemies throwing stuff at you, I'd also like to pray with you. Um, so we're going to be in the front here. If you need any prayer or if any of those words specifically relate to you, I want to encourage you to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And uh, I'm just going to close the service now, but I want to really encourage you, especially those who raise their hands, uh, please to be bold to come to the front. I just want to briefly pray with you or somebody else. There will be a couple of people praying. Just to just to bring you to be, just to respond. The Holy Spirit is doing something, amen. And it's so important for us to to respond when He is calling us. Okay. If you have any other prayer need, please also um, come to the front. Let's just briefly close. Father, we thank you for this amazing time in Your presence, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, God. We're so thankful, God, and we give all honor and glory to You, Lord. And as we go from this place, Lord, thank you for a boldness. Thank you for a fearlessness. Thank you, Lord, for a, a power of the gospel, a power of your resurrection in and through us as we boldly walk as children of the Most High God, as we boldly walk in the identity that we have in you, Lord, as we walk without fear, as we walk with boldness, as we walk in obedience, as we as we walk and, we, and represent you, Lord, in every place you send us into, Lord, we thank you afresh to see things differently, Lord, to see from your perspective and to, you know, to really walk in your, in your direction, Lord, and what you're directing us to do. So let your kingdom come, God, in and through our lives this week. Let your name be glorified, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.